500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the man the ghost who walks enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone, and for those who come in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast. This is episode 84, Comics and News. My name is Jermaine, and I am joined today by two of the regulars. Stephen, haven't heard from you for a while, mate, so let's go to you first. It's good to be back, Jermaine. Looking forward to it. How's your studies going? Finished. They are finished. I'm... Waiting for my final result, which uh, looking at the date, it should be in about a week's time, I think. And so, um, so don't get the official word. Do we Sorry, call you professor, or doctor, master, master. master. <laughs> Isn't that what you call like a little kid? <laughs> I was thinking more the um, the the bad guys of the doctor, but um, <laughs> his evil nemesis. <laughs> and Dan, how are you, mate? Very good, Jermaine. Very good. Um, good to talk to you again. It's been a while, and Stephen, it's been even longer. So, um, really good to be back on board, um, having some fun talking Phantom Comics on a Sunday night. Is there anything else you could do on a Sunday night apart from get ready for work? But who cares about that? <laughs> um. Well, actually, this, this is a very exciting Sunday night for me because I've been saying for a while, certainly to you guys off air, that um, I've been saving and saving and not buying much Phantom stuff because my wife's birthday is coming up. Well, it's her birthday on Tuesday. It's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. So that's all the birthdays out of the way, and suddenly the handbrake can come off and I'll uh, be able to start <laughs> looking at eBay again. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> But a little birdie has told me that you've been buying a little bit of stuff. <coughs> Jermaine, um, <laughs> I recently said some things on this podcast that I thought would stay on the podcast, and uh, my wife saw me about uh, three or four days ago and said, oh, I just was listening to an episode and I heard some things. <laughs> so she now listens to the podcast. So as far as, <laughs> let's just, I've been saving heavily and not spending anything, mate. Wink, wink. Does she- does she really listen to the podcast? She listens to the odd episode, yeah. I don't know whether to be scared or impressed. <laughs> I don't know either, mate. <laughs> I just now have to think more carefully about what I say. And, and uh, honey, if you're listening now, uh, I love you very much and uh, be back upstairs shortly. And it was only $20. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no worries. Well, let's get stuck into it because as we... Uh, as we've said in the preamble, uh, this will be a long one because we have not done a Comics and News one for a good number of episodes. We've had an awesome amount of uh, guests, so we thought we'd better get stuck on it. But what we want to celebrate and quickly say thank you is to the generous people who have given some of their hard-earned cash to the Patreon, which means... This is where you insert the drum roll. We have we have no limits to our podcast anymore. So from myself and from the other guys, we all say thank you. And for those who whinge about long podcasts, you don't have us to blame anymore. You've got these other guys who actually paid for it. 
Yeah, look, it's it's very exciting. It's 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 not quite unlimited, um, but it's certainly more than we could ever fill. I think <laughs> we're all long enough. It's, we're on the top bracket of what um, you're allowed to have, I think. And uh, w- look, we couldn't possibly fill it what we've got now. So. Um, Really, really, really stoked just to not have to worry about that. I was doing a bit of forward planning the, last night, actually, about what are our next four podcasts and how long are they going to go for and will they fit? And I realised about right towards the end of that, oh, hang on, our our total monthly allowance has doubled and, and shifted, and so that's not even a headache that we have anymore. So massive thank mm. you to everyone who's um, dipping into their their direct uh, direct debit or whatever it is through Patreon and uh, really appreciate the extra cash. Yes, yes, thank you very much. Do. I think so, I'm, I'm the only one that complains about long podcasts. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone else complaining about them. <laughs> and now we're in daylight savings for you. It's going to be even worse. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, as a teacher, you'll be on break soon. Um, so, just a couple of other <laughs> I like things. you who was on break all year. <laughs> no, mate, I actually, I actually got to work. Well, I had a message from my boss saying, oh, can you come into work early? I haven't responded to him yet, so I figure if I don't respond, I might not have to come into work early. <laughs> hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, let's quickly, there's a couple of things we do need to make mention before we get into the comics. Uh, first of all, of course, we've got the Reddit message board. Um, have any of you guys used that? Yeah, I have. I've posted a couple of things on there. Um, I've had to learn... Reddit and, and log on for the first time ever to it and that sort of thing to, to go there. Um, there's not a huge community there at the moment. I think we've got 10 or might be 20, um, actually, people who have, who have logged on and had a look at it and joined the group. Um, and so we've, I've just posted a couple of little messages. Um, it's the sort of thing that I think is going to need a few more people to get involved and, and just be checking it regularly. I don't think either of you guys have posted there yet? No. My work's been absolutely crazy. We've... Um... We've got like auctions up to the end of the year worth probably about twenty million dollars worth of stuff to get rid of. So um, my I've time. I've got stuff going on, you know. <laughs> well, no, some of us actually have to work all the way up to Christmas. You just get all you just get all of December and January off. And that's. And I don't even say how much he works. He does. He does. Oh, yeah, every every you know ten minutes during you know the working day. Hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Hey, have you seen this? Does what? this like work or what? <laughs> It's called multitasking. Um, <laughs> well, sitting at a computer making it look like it'll work. Yeah. Well, yeah, the point yeah, is we should get... <laughs> we, we do want to get more people uh, conversing on Reddit. It, it is cool. One thing that I've discovered with it already is that um, you can really group your conversations. And so if you're having a chat about, um, for instance, which monkey's um, lamp... Oh, sorry, which, which Phantom bus looks better, the monkeys or the Croftminster? You could have an entire thread just on that, and still the, the, the opening of that sits on the front page, and so anyone who's interested can dive in. Um, whereas that conversation can get lost a little bit on Facebook, and you find that a lot of these conversations yes, on Facebook pop up in different places and, um, you know, can get amongst the different groups. Um, so that's, you know, there's a, there is a, a conversation on there about the Kid Phantom movie. There's a conversation on there about, um, each of the issues that we're about to talk about. Um, and the more, you know, I think it'll be a really good research point for us to go and have a look at before we go on the podcast and see what people are saying and perhaps come up with some ideas for us to talk about here too. No worries. So for the record, which ones did you prefer? The top or the bottom one of the Phantom Lamps? Oh, I've got to say the Croftminster because that's the one that I've got on my shelf. So I would love the monkeys, though, to, to get a real good look at the two of them. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, did you have a squeeze at them? 
Okay. Actually, I saw a little bit of it on Facebook, but that's about it. I've been looking at Messenger at the moment, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> So the other big thing that um, uh, that Joe has just recently announced, and this, well, this is, is this is um, huge, really, isn't it? Yeah, and this is just for the Patreon uh, users. Um, this is the Phantom Preservation Project. Now Joe's come up with a fancy uh, dancing name, but um, what's it? We call it P three or something P3, like that. Just yep. sounds like you know he has to P three times, but never mind. <laughs> um, well, um, <laughs> I've got to go there. <laughs> I mean, he has to P3 more times because he's in uh, London than, or the UK than in Australia where you just sweat it out of you. But um, never mind. So this is a pretty exciting thing. This is something that uh, me and Joe and uh, a couple of others uh, have been looking at doing for quite a while. Um, and it's got some pretty awesome stuff in there. And there's a lot of stuff that will be coming up, like... Um, uh, Dan's using it as an um, as an excuse to get out his uh, his girly magazines and uh, do a oh, couple look, of uh, before before we go down that path, we probably should explain what it is a little bit. Um, in terms of preserve, like so, obviously Phantom Preservation Project. The idea is to preserve some of Phantom history, and um, so what Joe's done and um, and Jermaine I know has, has contributed heavily to this as well at this stage. And as Jermaine's alluding to, I've got some things that I'm going to share. Um, is to to get old Phantom um, stuff that is you know a lot of people want to collect the hard copies hard copies of, but there's not a lot of it out there. And we'd kind of like lots of people to be able to to see some of this Phantom history. So um, anything that uh, is scannable or um, you know archivable in a digital way. Um, the idea is that uh, this Phantom Preservation Project is a place where it's all going to clump together and people can go and have a look at this stuff. So what sort of stuff's on there at the moment now? I know there's a bit of the old Phantom Club uh, stuff that's in there. Yeah, there's the newsletters. I uh, think there's some of the Friends of the Phantom newsletters, which are amazing to read. Um, if you can find any of those, they're worth getting a hold of because they've got a lot of uh, interviews with... A lot of the creators, um, like there's some of them have got interviews with like Lee Fork, Claire Moore, which is Ray Moore's widow, um, some of um, Wilson McCoy's family, um, uh, all of the American artists, creators, and um, Egmont creators and stuff like that, as well as um, uh, George Wilson, who did the Avon um, uh, cover covers for the Avon novel. So there's there's a lot of good information in there that. Uh, is just priceless interviews. And to be honest, the Friends of the Phantom newsletter is probably the equivalent of, like, the podcast before podcasts even existed. Like, it had yeah. the good stuff. And so in, um, the, in the P3, there's all of those exist now on PDF. So if people can't get a hold of them because there's just they're not out there, I've in, you know, in all my time I haven't seen any of these pop up on eBay or anything like that, um, you know, we can go there now and, and check them out and read them. Which is just fantastic. Yeah, and there's a lot of articles, newspaper articles from around the mid-90s with the Phantom movie um, and some of the celebrations like the 50th anniversary and stuff like that. Um, I think it was Terry Cray uh, helped scan some of those in. You know, one thing I would love to get on there would be the Sammy J Hero Complex um, uh, show. So I might have to... Um, Video of that. Yeah, the video of that. I'm pretty confident we're not going to be able to do that. All sorts of copyright reasons. It'd be be lovely, but I don't think it's going to happen. (laughs) I think he wants to make a little bit of money off it first there, Jermaine, before we (laughs) we archive that. 
Oh, well, yeah, well, let's say, well, Sammy J, you're unnoticed. Eventually, <laughs> that's what we would like to add on there as well. This is not on the run sheet at all, and now Jermaine's just going off on his own little tangent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So have you no, guys had the, a bit of The point that? is that we'll be able to, um, you know, it, it is something that we're going to continue to add to. Um, you, you mentioned the girly magazines before. I have, um, since we had that interview with uh, John and Olga on the, the Phantom Club podcast, um, I was able to find a copy of that. I, I sort of joked at the time about um, getting out the old penthouse from 1983 or 5 or whatever it was. Um, I've uh, gone and bought a penthouse for the articles, believe it or not, and uh, so I've got a copy of that now, so I'll scan that in and put that up there. Um, and there's also a Brazilian playboy that has the Phantom um, in a... Well, it's not so much an article, and, and that section of the P3 would probably be rated M, um, but certainly M+. Plus. But, uh, yeah, so that'll go on there, and the idea is that you know, the, those of us uh, in the Chronicle Chamber team are going to scan a lot of the stuff that we've got, track down some other stuff to put on there for, for the Patreons to, to have a look at. So I guess now that, um, now that we've achieved our goal of being able to um, have the, the time to podcast as much as we have, um, we're, we're not just stashing Patreon money away to, uh, to buy more Phantom Comics or statues or whatever for ourselves. Now it's going into hosting, the, uh, paying for the hosting rights to, for all of this stuff to be archived and hopefully give something back to as many Phantom fans as possible. So um, you can jump on there, have a look. Lots of music is archived on there as well at the moment. And uh, as I say, we're going to just keep adding to it uh, as the months go on. Definitely. So let's get into these comics. So we, normally when we do comics, we go from the oldest to the youngest from like in the issue numbers. But seeing we've got how many comics is it? So it's about eight, eight comics that we've got to Ten. do. Ten. So we're yeah, going some, to do it a little bit different. Some huge stories. And <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to go start off with the recent issues and work our way back. And then at the end, we're going to do the filler stories like the Gaslight and Heart of Darkness. Um, so we're going to start off with the wedding anniversary, work our way back to the Phantom's World and Giant Size 2, and then we'll do um, a couple of Gaslights and a couple of Heart of Darknesses. All right, guys, are you ready? Certainly am. Very excited. All right, yep. listeners. So, no. um, you know, get that glass of milk. Um, get ready. Uh, buckle yourself in and let's go on an awesome ride. Okay. So the first issue is 1798, which is a whopping 180 pages and it is titled The Wedding Special. Now, did you guys, we're recording this only a couple of days after the actual date, the 24th of November, which was the 40th wedding anniversary. Did either of you guys do anything special with your wives to celebrate? Um, well, I did, but it was actually my wife's and mine 10-year anniversary on the 25th, so ah. she thought it was for the for our wedding anniversary, <laughs> but it was really for the Phantom and Diana's wedding anniversary. Well played, well played. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I took my wife out to dinner on the Friday night, and uh, yeah, she doesn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, now this the the thing that I, the, the opening thing I loved about this is it wasn't like yeah, it was celebrating the wedding, but there was a lot more than just the three normal wedding stories in here. That's the first thing that grabbed me is you know there was. You know, their first meeting, there was, you know, the engagement back in the 50s, and then it went on, then we had the birth and the treehouse and, and the rest of the stuff like that. I just thought it was a great touch 
putting all of these stories in and having, you know, instead of it being, say, 60 pages or 70 pages, they went over and beyond with a, with a whopping 180 pages. And I just thought it was a... I thought it was a great touch. What do you guys think of the issue? Well, I've really enjoyed it. And, mm. um, yeah, and going back and, yeah, Childhood of the Phantom and the, the little things like um, the discrepancies between, you know, between one story and the other about different ages and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, you know, folkisms as we've come to enjoy <laughs> them. Um, and, yeah, you'd get the same story, you know, twice but you know one's about 10 years earlier than the other one i think didn't, didn't he remember that he's already written this but then you know he'll change something slightly and it's still a good story but yeah mm. yeah i it really was... loved i really loved it as well as a as a story of the pair of the, the couple of the phantom and diana mm. um yes it's the wedding anniversary and, and we look back at the, the wedding but as you say to to see their entire journey from the very first meeting right through to the birth of the kids and the building of the treehouse um, in terms of stories that Lee Fork wrote that are about the Phantom and Diana and their romance, um, you could you, you literally could not get a better um, compendium of stories. It's it's fantastic. Exactly, uh, and as we would but, all, I was just going to say, as as we all agree with, you know, I've been married ten years. How you've been married even longer, I think, uh, Dan. What is it, about fourteen, fifteen for you? Um, about to take over seventeen, actually. Yeah, and Stephen, how long have you been? Um, nearly eight. Nearly eight. Oh, for a second, I thought you'd forgotten. Um, <laughs> I just had to think what year it is. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the point get it right. is that... In case, and again, yeah. hello, if you live, if you're listening. <laughs> but the point is, is that, as, you, as the three of us will know, is that there is so much more to our own stories of our own marriage and there's so much more to the Phantom story of his marriage and his journey, and it was good to get, you know, it was, you know, it was good to see a nice collective um, highlight of, you know, the past, you know, eighty odd years and stuff, all the and the forty years of them being married. So I, that's what I really liked about it was, was, was going from there. Yeah, I think yeah. this is one of those books that it's just going to be so important to have a reading copy as well as the, the collecting copy, um, because this is one that I think certainly um, this is this is the sorts of stories that I really love. They're family stories, and I think that any of mm. my kids, you know, including my fourteen-year-old girl, um, there's ro- so much romance in here. She's going to love that as well. So um, it's going to be really important for me to have a, a reading copy around the house and just available for anyone to flick through at any stage. And for someone who's new to the Phantom, and I think um, we get, and a lot of the circles we move in, sometimes we forget that you know th- there are actually people who are picking up the Phantom for the first time, and we may whinge and moan about, oh, there's no new readers. There actually are, and a lot of them haven't read some of these old stories or don't know the history. And for them to be able to pick up a copy like this and go, you know, this is everything you need to know about how the two of them met and the the way that they came together, and especially by the time you throw in Barry Stubberfield's essay at the back. Um, which refers and, and mm. tells the story of a lot of um, a lot of the decades. yeah the stories that we we haven't that, that didn't get in here for obvious reasons because they're not about these two um, you know it's a, it's a fantastic reference book mm. yeah it's, yeah excellent collection and yeah I don't like I'm not that's not the word I meant. I don't mind that's what I wanted to say I don't mind having um, you know the old folk stories or old 
whatever stories. Um, yeah, just for that same reason, because there's new readers coming through. Um, I think our biggest gripe with um, with the, re- the, re- the replica is that they're not complete, whereas these are all uh, fully complete stories, and they make a note of saying that on each title page. Mm. The, um, rep- the the quality of the print was top notch as well, oh, which I which makes which makes it a much better read than the replica, where you know you've got fuzziness and cutting and. I'm going to go into back to the replica when we get to 1796, but um, but you're absolutely right. Um, the, the particular the Phantom's engagement that story was the one that really jumped out to me. That's some of the clearest Wilson McCoy printing I think I've ever seen. It's just yeah, it's just so sharp. It's just so it, it mm. really highlights the beauty of the line work. Um, it's that that if I, that's worth the price of the of the book alone. I think just the the quality of the print work. Mm. What were you going to say, sorry, Steve? Um, is it you'll be able to tell me this? I, I, hopefully, I've got it right. Is there a daily story of the wedding as well? Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah. So there's the so Sunday. So they don't, the don't put the Sunday well. in. Any reason why they didn't put the daily in as well? Yeah, that's a good. It was a good point that you raise. Because um, that'd be I my guess, only critique. Yeah, I, I suspect that they're too close. I think there probably is just too much double up in terms of the, of the two of them. Mm. And in the same way yeah. that they didn't put in both childhood of the Phantom stories and and mm. um, Dudley in the message from the publishers explains why they chose the, the childhood of the Phantom story. At least on the yeah. splash page for the wedding of the Phantom, they note that there was a concurrent daily story. I suspect they were just they were just too similar. They they weren't complementary. They were yeah. you know together. Yeah. You, that's that's what I was going to say, is that unlike in the 40s when they did dailies and Sundays to run as the one story, these were actually done as separate stories, so separate standalone stories. Even though it's the same story, they were separate. So um, I think, I guess the good thing about not including both versions, as much as I take your point, Steve, which I can see it, is we get other stories because... You know, if this had been much bigger, let's just say it was 240 or 250 pages, you know, the price would have gone up. Um, the price, you know, the price in the weight to ship it would have gone up, which is another cost for free. Um, the price would have gone up. And so for the customers, for the public, and would they want to pay, you know, 15 to $20 for a comic where there's the same story in it twice. I think the criticism then just would have been, um, I, I think if, the, if the, the daily was next to it, people would be going, oh, well, why have they included both of these when they're pretty much the same? Mm. I mean, I, I, I don't think there yeah. was anything in there about why they chose the Sunday instead of the daily. Um, I'm glad they did for personal reasons, and I'll explain that in a second, but um, they must have made a, a, a decision one way or the other for a particular reason. I don't know that that was um, outlined the same way that the childhood one was. Yeah. Now, what what did you guys think about the Bill uh, Lingnate little filler? I didn't mind that. The wasn't there a couple of those? Like yeah. One about so Diana was, as well. Um. So the little filler they did was what? It was about four or five pages. Yeah. The Phantom's um, Boyhood. Part two. Yeah. yeah. So there just was like there yeah, was a couple of parts. Meeting. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a nice little touch. It was good to kind of see. 
Um, and this is the thing that I like about this comic is that there's been a lot of care about putting in about it. Is you know it was what one, two, three, four, five pages, but it was something fresh, something new. A lot of people, a lot of through readers would have not seen these these um these stories before. It was you know just something new and something unique. I liked it. Yeah, look, mm. this is the first time I'd ever seen this story by um, Bill, well, Bill Harris has obviously adapted it um, from Lee Fork's story, I mean, and, and it's a very close <laughs> Pretty adaptation. much lifted it, I think. <laughs> There's word for word, basically, in places, which I thought was good. Yeah. Um, this is, as I say, the first time I'd ever seen this version of it. Um, this is probably, to be honest, the, the most I've ever liked Bill LeGlant's work. Um, it's, it's some of the best drawings that I've seen of his. I'm not usually a massive fan of his work, to be honest, and and this I really, you know, there's a lot of realism about it. I, I quite liked that, um, and it didn't really add anything to the narrative, I suppose, of the of the storyline, because otherwise, you know, this this whole book is basically chronological from start to finish, you know, from meeting through to their first home. Um, so in, in that sense, it didn't add anything because, as we've said, it is virtually word for word from the childhood of the Phantom. But it's really interesting to see how that was um, brought to a different audience in terms of the American comic book readers in the in the sixties or seven, or must have been the seventies, I suppose. Yeah, it was a reimagining. Yeah. So exactly the same story. They just they've changed a couple of things in the artwork. So guys, um, as as you are probably aware, and probably as some of our uh, guests are aware, there's like four or five different versions of. The Childhood of the Phantom. There's the one that was done in the 40s, which uh, too many. There's uh, it was done by Alfred Bester, uh, who was a ghostwriter for the Phantom. While um, Lee Fort was in the armed services in World War Two, there was this one, and there was also the hardcover book one, which was uh, modified off Alfred Bester's story. And there was the Avon novels, and then of course there was the King version as well, which was done by um, Bill Lindsay. Um, so. I, I must admit, I liked how we kind of got to see like two of those different versions in this, with the building note which we have touched upon and all that as well. Um, so, of of the other one, which is the newspaper article, which is the newspaper one, which was done in the forties, which of those two do, did you guys like better? Do you like this version better or the other version better? Well, I couldn't tell you the other version off the top of my head, so I'm just going to go with this one. <laughs> However, I do know the Avon novel, and I do like the Avon novel version. Mm. Yes. There's more opportunity to go more in-depth to everything. Mm. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. And, and for that reason, I prefer the newspaper one, because obviously that's gone more in-depth. This The the, the American um, one there is just a real snapshot of, you know, really, it's, what is it, four or five pages? It's only a really quick summary Um of some of the key bits, yes, but, um, I, you know, it, it, and they maybe have just picked out the, I know it says it's part two, and the ending of that says, okay, more to come next week, um, and so they've obviously just published the part that is where he meets mm. Diana um, for the purpose of this, this book. But uh, um, I'd be interested to see the rest now that I've seen this one, um, and as I say, I haven't before, but I, I do prefer uh, Shock Horror, the Lee Fork version, as opposed to the Bill Harris version. Yeah. No worries. So one thing that I do like about this, apart from the fact that it uses all the Lee Fork stories, is the um, uh, like there's the theme behind it, um, and then like 
we've we've been noticing a theme with some of the other issues, like with um, you know, obviously with the Phantom's World, but then we've got like the um, that like the filming or the modern day takes of the classic stories and all that. Do you? I guess really asking you, Dan, as the resident Forkers, do you prefer reading uh, the Fork stories just willy-nilly or do you like reading them as like a theme um, and then being collected in that format? Yeah. And then, of course, yeah. I'll get you, Steve. No, I really liked this because it was themed and, and I've said a couple of times and, and one of the things I love about this is the way that they've chronologically ordered um, the, the key encounters between the Phantom and Diana, and to see that whole story, we know from what um, Glenn sort of sort of um, leaked a little bit um, at the Brisbane Oz Comic Con, and if you can go back and listen to that podcast of the kid, it's labelled the Kid Phantom team, but um, Glenn Ford obviously as editor is part of that team. Um, their presentation at the Brisbane Oz Comic Con. Uh, he does mention that they're planning on doing this sort of thing a little bit more often, and I think what he alluded to there was sort of origin stories, so whether we go back and find out the origin of um, Hero and Devil and those sorts of things. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of that in the future for Fru, and um, if mm. this is any indication as to what they're going to look like, I think we're in for an absolute treat. Dudley says at the start of this that um, no forecast, um could be upset w with what they read, <laughs> and, and I agree with him. I didn't mean that. We really should uh, patent that term, eh? Oh, it's too late, mate. It's in the it's in the ether now. <laughs> yeah. But th these um these themed specials are something that um the Fruit Crew have been doing for pretty much since uh, day dot. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So we've With had the, their um, and they've all been fantastic. Well, the very first um, annual that they that they did, and I know that a lot of the work for that was would have had to have been done before Glenn and Renee came on board. Um, but even that was themed in terms of a story from each of the decades. Um, yeah. And then the obviously the 80th special, which the theme was stories. Well, it was basically the first Phantoms World stories from around the world. Um, you know, so it is something that they're very mindful of, and I think that they're doing it well. And look, to me, this. I'm going to go out on a limb, and this might be just about the single best book that um, they've produced as the new Fruit Crew. Um, yep. I'd, I'd love to have this as a hardcover, to be honest. I think it's um, I think it's really good. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I was thinking about all those along those lines as well. Is is this the best Fruit comic um, release? Probably in what in the last probably the last five ten years easily. Um, you know, you've you've got a you've got a great looking cover. You've got some great splash art by Mike Manley on the back. Uh, mm. Paul, um, Ryan. Paul Ryan and the inside. Uh, what's interesting is that Paul Ryan one was done at the Leaf Fork, the Olympic one in fourteen, I think mm. it was. Renee might have got brought that. Yeah, and then on them. the back. On the one on the back was a um, Mike Manley, um, one that he had up on eBay about a month or two ago as well. Yep. Um, but then you've got, you know, you've got some great um, fun stories, but some great artwork by Cy Barry, Wilson McCoy, um, and Bill Wingate yep. and stuff like that as well. So it was just, I would have to say, you know, and it's always easier saying it when it's fresh in your memory, but there hasn't, this would easily be one of the better through comics in the last five, ten years. Mm. And Who's I, on the front cover? That's filming. Uh, 
That's I thought it was, but I didn't want to say it just in case I was wrong. Yeah, you now... say it anyway. Yeah, and look, I think this is one of the advantages of having um, the publishers of the comic as collectors, because as you as you pointed out, I'm obviously um, well, I didn't know whether it was from Nay or Glenn, but one of them must own that Paul Ryan piece from the Leaf Hawk dinner. Um, obviously, either um, Glenn or Renee have made the purchase on eBay um, from. Mike Manley, that piece on the back cover, and then have been able to use it in, in, in this way. So um, just having those guys as collectors and being prepared to share some of their artwork that they own now, mm. um, you know, I think that's really, really fantastic. Mm. So, guys, um, we posted this on the fandom forum, but had, um, have you guys seen this cover before? Yes. No. Yeah. So... Now, the reason why we asked that is because I made the big call that, what was it, I reckon I said about eight tens, eight out of ten free yes. readers would have not seen this free cover before. And, and, and according think, to our survey, three out of six had not, so... <laughs> yeah, so about 50-50, so... Yeah. Um, now, now, for those who don't know, uh, this was a cover done back in the... I think it was the... Mid 2000s, it was uh, part of the series of Diana's Crisis where Diana left the Phantom for a period of time. I'm not sure if you guys remember that storyline. Um, and this was a cover storyline, so it doesn't matter. So you wiped it from your memory. Um, it was a great concept, but it was probably poorly executed, and the art wasn't the best either. But this cover I really like, and um. Uh, so, would have used are you happy with the cover, even though it's a um, it's a, a cover that's already been done, you know, probably what fifteen years ago, ten fifteen years ago. Mm. Um, look, when I first saw the ad for it posted online, I thought, oh, I've seen that picture before. I do a, a lot of um, Google searches for phantom in- images and that sort of thing. Um, and so I've seen this, you know, a number of times before. Never as a cover, never that I've held it in my hand, but on the screen a heap of times. And when I first saw the ad, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Um, but I must say, having the hard, cup, hard copy in my hands and the way that it, um, it looks on the, on the front of the book there, I really love it. I think it's great. Um, mm. Might have been nice to have something a bit more original, but in terms of, um, you know, this book, it certainly suits it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, I agree as well. I I thought the other possibility of a cover could have been, you know, the jigsaw puzzle that um, which was the poster. Yeah, it's, yeah, inter- I, it's I interesting thinking. that that image is not anywhere in the book. No, mm. I was looking for it in the wedding story. Yeah, no, it, and it's yeah, I was, I was waiting for it to appear in the wedding story as well because it's been a while since I read that, um, and I thought it must be a frame or, and I'm sure if it was done today, then it would be a, a big full page. At some st- at some point in the book, um, you know, if it was made originally for the comic book rather than for the newspaper, um, but obviously Lee, uh, sorry, so I drew it at it at the same time as he drew the rest of it, and so it's uh, it's you know that iconic image. It's almost there, you know, the classic wedding photo of of the Phantom and Diana. But it's interesting that whether it says a splash page or anything else, it just doesn't appear in here. And Fru must have the rights to it because it is the front cover of the uh, colouring in book and is, is inside the colouring in book, so mm. they must have the ability to print it and have made the choice not to. Mm. I just coloured oh. that the other day. <laughs> but it could be, is it, is it a part of the daily story rather than the um, Sunday? That, that was my thinking. 
Yeah, I think it might be. Um, we'll have to do some homework on yeah. that one. Um, but to be honest, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with the new cover. This one pops out. It's a beautiful painted cover. Mm. Australians love their painted covers, as we've seen with like Antonio and stuff throughout the years. Mm. Um, so, you know, Phil, in my opinion, this is one of this is an iconic picture. It's got the you know, it's got the, the embrace. It's got the nice mood with the blue and the purples. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm nipple. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a little bit in there, but it's not as bad as what we've seen, which we'll probably discuss in a couple of issues. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I like the cover and I like the choice. Um, and I like the little ruby in the, yeah. you know, there yeah. as well. Just, just and, those little And that's touches. on the spine as well. I, I, even, I even like the yeah. spine. <laughs> Yeah, it's just an all-over mm. uh, publication. There's some good um, uh, care taken with it. Yeah, we haven't mentioned it, but um, Jim Shepard's spiel uh, being in there, yeah, sort of talking about the anomalies of the Phantom families, and and I think mm. a, a, that was a really good idea to throw that in as well, because as mm. as you said before, Stephen, there is little. Um, things that are slightly different from one story to the next in this. And, and reading through that, you go, okay, so this is, you know, that sort of tells the story behind those things as well. So to have that in the book, and, and it, I, I, it's a shame they didn't put a date on that because it would have been interesting to know when oh. Jim wrote that. Um, I was yeah, thinking exactly the same thing. Yeah, because he says in that spiel that, you know, um, obviously the 21st Phantom is the Phantom for a long time and the kids are going to, you know, it's an interesting challenge for the creators. So I would have been interested to know when he wrote that. Now, what page was that one on again? Uh, that would be about 130, 131, something like that. Yeah, because there's also there's also the one on page 57, which is, I'm assuming, was done by um, Jim Shepard again. And the other thing that I liked about it is that on page 42, they've got the for those who came in late for the well, story of the Phantom's engagement as well. No, they don't. They've got the full... Background, but they call it for those who just came in. That was going to be one of the oh, things that I mentioned. Yeah, What's the deal with that? Why is it for those who just came in? Is that is I was I wondered is that the um, the Swedish translation of for those who came in late and then it's been translated back into English because that just no I think that's I, I remember seeing this before I, I reckon that's um, taken from another comic, but I guess the point is is that there's those great little details about for the people that are new to the comic yes new to the character there's a lot of background information and it's you know it it fills the story out you know fills the pages out but i think it was i think it shows a, a good deal of care um and i like it 100 mm, mm, percent yep. all right anything else any other last little things now i I because sh- there's been so much care taken, I must. I assume this is an issue with the original story. But the heirs. I, the reason I knew that that um, Jim Shepard thing was on a page 130 was because I went back to it a few times. Because 100 page 129 is the last page of the heirs, and in that last page, there's all of the conjecture about what's the girl's name going to be, um, what's Diana going to call the little girl, and the story finishes without her us. Without the name coming, we all know it's Heloise, of course, but um, that she's not actually named. So I don't know if that's the original story where that doesn't happen. 
that sort of um, yeah no it, so what happens is um, is we have the jungle Olympics and then they come back from that and then there's another story I think it's called the name um, oh, okay. and that's where Diana actually has chosen the name oh, for okay. the girl because I looked that up on Phantom Wiki and Heloise is sadly um, there, there needs to be some work done on Phantom Wiki in terms of Kit and Heloise. The twenty second Phantoms because that that entry is slim. Well, there you go, mate. Uh, you got Christmas holidays coming up. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the other thing that I was going to say, like um, I, this, gave me a, a real good appreciation for Cy Barry's artwork. Um, the facial expressions of the Phantom himself, um, and people can look this up if they want to. On page ninety one. His face, just as he's about to get married and go down the altar, or down the aisle, or whatever. And then again, um, on page 109, um, the expression, and that has to do with the birth. Um, hang on, I'll just flick to that quickly. And why did I note that one? Oh, the wow! Oh, he gets told he's going to have the baby. Uh, yes, but then again on the bottom page, 109, where he's just cranky saying, no, we should be together. Um, she said, oh, we're pregnant. Anyway, <laughs> you go and I'll stay here. And he's like, no, we, we're having a baby. We should be together. And there's just that, you know, cranky dad face. Um, so that gave me a really <laughs> real, renewed appreciation for Cyberry's work. Yeah, there's, um, I've, 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 he did a great job. And this is something that we've discussed previously is that, you know, a lot of the time you don't get to see as probably as much emotion mm. in the fandom and we got to see a lot of it in these stories, like mm. with the whole, you know, trying to ask Diana to marry him, um, you know, it took what, you know, a hundred odd page, almost a hundred pages for him to finally get to it and, mm. you know, 60 years or whatever it is, mm. 40 years or whatever it was. So it's, um, you're right, there's a lot of emotion shown in those stories, mm. which I think was a good thing. And uh, I mentioned... Stephen? Oh, sorry. Just last thing from me, and it's a it's a little brag, I must admit. Um, I had a, a, a nice little buzz moment when I flipped over, and I, I hadn't even really been thinking that it was going to happen. But I turned over and um, to page 88, and on page 88, that's that's the the Sunday strip that I own the original of, and and I've got ready to frame. So that was a real bit of a buzz. That's the first time I've actually flipped through a new comic and seen the original artwork that I've got in print form. So that was a that was a little <laughs> buzz for me. I enjoyed that. That's good. Stephen, anything you want to add before we move on to the next one? Um, that was just, yeah, as I was reading it, um, a lot of the time I was, I was thinking about our conversation with Cy, especially in regards to the, um, to the kid Phantom, and he talks about the, the family nature of the Phantom, and that was definitely shining through mm. in not only Cy's stories, but in the other ones too. Mm. Mm, good point. All righty, guys. 1797. This is called Frisco Frenzy. Um, it might sound like a disco frenzy, but um, never mind. Um, so we've got a cover by um, uh, Jeremy McPherson. I must admit, I did not pick it as him. I thought it was um, filming at first. Um, mm. I'm sure Jeremy would be delighted to hear that. No, <laughs> no, no, um, no disrespect at all there to Jeremy because I love his work and, I, and I'm on the record there. But uh, that's a, that's a fair comparison. Yeah, no, I just um, yeah, I re- re- really liked it. And then we've got a story by Frisco uh, by Rassi and Bade. Now again, 
Um, we're not going to be talking about the Heart of Darkness until towards the end. Um, so, Stephen, now, just before you get we get going on Frisco, I've just been doing a little bit of research. After the airs was Jungle Gold, which was the Jungle Olympics type thing. Um, the next one was the return of General Bababu, mm-hmm. and where we, you know, Kit and, Helo- Kit and Helo- Heloise are there, and um, uh, President Luaga meets them for the first time. And well, where does the name come into it? I can't see anything about the name, but I'm just assuming it's a story well, somewhere. There's a, there's a couple of stories to go back and read through and see where the name is actually given. There's a whole story based on the name. Uh, maybe it's a daily one or something like that. But, I'm um, looking at the dailies. It doesn't say anything about names. Oh, well, it might be just, um, a Sunday. Anyway, we go back to Frisco Friends. <laughs> But while we're on the cover, um, this is uh, probably the fourth cover, I suppose, that Thomas Mason has been involved in. And it's worth mentioning him, I think, because um, he's the colourist that um, Jeremy, uh, sorry, Jamie Johnson um, has brought on board. And I say the third one because I, he was the colourist for, um, obviously, the triptychs. And he may have been doing earlier, but, uh, earlier than that, but those are the ones I'm aware of. And I think the colours that he's done has really brought... Um, Jeremy's artwork to light here, just the, the, to life. The, the way that that um, he's got the light, like literally the fluoro light in the car park, um, glowing, and the way that it illuminates the scene and, and the shadows, it's so realistic and, and so, just so beautifully done. Um, I think that the the, the colourist deserves a, a strong credit, um, obviously for this one. And his name's on the back, so he is credited, but uh, worth mentioning. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Now, Stephen, you did very poor research, buddy. Uh, I thought that was a quick airs, thing I found in Wiki. <laughs> the stories is what I did. Is, um, <laughs> so there was a daily and the Sunday. And with the Sunday, then you had the Jungle Olympics, and then you had the name after that in the, the Sunday version. The Sunday yeah, not the dailies. So, uh, yeah, you know. But never mind. I agree with you on the colours on that one. I think the, the, the thing that I've <laughs> noticed with, um, with Mason... Um, is that he's definitely highlighted the need and the importance of good colouring. Mm. Oh, it makes uh-huh. the picture. Like yeah. Yeah, like the the lines and stuff are all fantastic, but mm. if you don't have someone colouring it, doing a good job in the colouring, you know, it doesn't matter how well you've drawn the lines. Mm. So is your, is your, Stephen, your version of the Phantom and Diana's Wedding poster, that's... You know, that's got to be in this ballpark, is it? You, you know, you said you, were, you just recently coloured it. <laughs> I think i got a way to go yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're not going to see an Easter accreditation on a, a fruit cover anytime soon then. <laughs> <laughs> not for my artwork, mate. <laughs> it's just nice and relaxed sitting at my desk doing nothing. <laughs> so did you find it relaxing? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> That's good. So, um, yeah, so um, now for those who for those who have come in late, we did talk briefly with um, Jamie Johnson about um, his colorist Mason, who's the same colorist as what McPherson was mm-hmm. has been using. So, um, if you want to learn a bit more about him, uh, re-listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, after you've listened to the rest of this podcast. So moving on. So, Stephen, what do you think about this story? Um, about Frisco Frenzy? Yeah. Yep. Let me just have a quick look. 
Um, oh, yeah, this was not too confusing, but a little bit confusing. Mm, yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, the like, flashbacks weren't too noticeable, were they? Um, well, the flashbacks didn't worry me. It was more a convoluted plot, really. It's mm. just... Um, so and, and, and I think things don't have to go in a straight line, of course, but um, things still got to make some sense, and sometimes it didn't. If I the the, the oh, flashbacks were done, made it jumpy rather than it, it, yeah. it wasn't really obvious when we're going for, forward and when we're going back. There was nothing really clearly to delineate back and forth. Just a little mm. um, narrate, narration point many years ago, or whatever. Um, so you really had to. Yeah, normally they game. have like the um, they normally they have like the squiggly little boxes or yeah. Um, I thought I thought that was probably the, the 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 weakest part about it was the fact that there was not it was you know there was it was harder to identify where the flashback started and ended. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't think the story was um, complicated. I just thought the you know it, it took a little bit extra reading. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. I got a lot more out of it the second time I read it than the first. The first time I was probably spent the first ten pages scratching my head, going, "What's going on?" Um, then I think you know, and with a lot of these whodunits, once you've once you come to the end, and we won't spoil the um, the, the the giveaway at the end there, but once you know what that is, the rest of the story makes a lot more sense, and you know then the flashbacks are happening, so you can keep track of them. Mm. Yeah, I thought, I thought the end was was yeah a bit fun. That was a bit <laughs> that was all right. Um, but I just I thought it was. I, I didn't see I the point in him um... trying to extort some money or whatever it was. It no, just, that was yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, and I think and this is getting hard to talk about without spoiling. But in terms of the timing of it, for this to be the issue seventeen ninety seven about to be followed by seventeen ninety eight, which we've just talked about in great detail. The fact that those flashbacks flashed back to um, part of the time of um, those stories in 1798, I think that the timing of that, whether it was deliberate or not, was very, very well done by Fru. Um, obviously, it was published <laughs> right at the start of this year. That was the first issue published by um, Egmont in 2017, Frisco Frenzy. So they, it hasn't been done deliberately from a, a, a whole fandom universe point of view, but Fru certainly timed it well. Yes. Yeah, do you think it was a happy coincidence? Or yeah, probably. Give, well, uh, once it presented give, itself, I thought, okay, this is a nice lady. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, I reckon it was a happy coincidence, but we'll give the benefit of the doubt to uh, the, t- the team at Free. Yeah. I d- one thing, and I suspect this was Free that have done it, but I think a, a place, a thing that they've done, which I in hindsight, wouldn't have, I think. Right from the very first bit, um, on the the very first narration caption, it meant, it looks like he's cli- uh, the Phantom as Kit Walker is climbing into the Australian embassy in America for some reason. <laughs> That's nice to give it a bit of local flavour, but that was part of the reason why it was confusing for me, because I was like, oh, Australian, what's this got to do with Australia? It made a point of saying it was the Australian, but then it had nothing to do. With yeah. Australia, that was the last time that was ever mentioned. It had absolutely no purpose in the plot, and I found that just a, a red herring that probably had neon around it and didn't need to. Do you think you were um, trying to look too much into it with the Australian Embassy bit? Too desperate for the Phantom to have an association with Australia? No, no. Just trying to figure what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. 
they have made a point of making it. Okay, so yeah. what, what what's going on with this plot? This plot yeah. point, and there was nothing. Yeah, it had it had absolutely no connection, and there's a, it's not even really explained why he was climbing into any embassy at all. Um, let yeah, alone the Australian his, one. Give his girlfriend a switch. Yeah. Yeah, but what's she doing there? You'd see well, Bengali or America. Yeah, so so the point would be outside. UN headquarters or outside UN offices so that at least you know that it's about Diana. I think they've just tried a little bit cute. It's been a bit cute to say, oh, don't forget there's an Australian connection, and it was pointless. There was no purpose to it, and it just was a thing that you're thinking about, and um, it would serve no purpose. Yeah, I... Well, just my opinion. I think you're reading a bit much into it, but um, it'll be interesting to see whether it was Australian in the original or not. So I'll have to dig out that issue and have a bit of a squeeze. I, I would be very surprised if it was. I, I, I don't think it would be. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, um, so what did you think about, you know, the, the, the end bit, the surprise? Hmm. What did you think about what, you know, the person, how it all came about? Do you... Yeah, oh, look, they gave me a smile. Yeah, yeah. Gave you a smile. And I'd, I'd, I've, you know, it's one of those things where I'm on the record again of having said that um, I like stories that fit within the Phantom universe, the the Phantom canon, as I have explained it a number of times. And this fits mm. um, within the Phantom canon. So that makes it not, it doesn't make it a real story suddenly or anything like that, uh, as I've said, but it makes it... Um, a bit more palatable, I suppose, and a bit more... Um, yeah, okay, yeah, I can see where this fits in. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was nice. Mm. All righty let's move on. Now, um, I'll introduce... And you said you wanted to um, have a bit of a, a chat about this one, Dan, so we'll let you go first on this review. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll, do, well, hang on, we'll, let me introduce it first, and yeah, then, okay. then, then you can go for it. So this one is 1796, and it is my favourite, the Collector's Replica series. And this is number 13. I must admit, they are getting through them fairly quickly, um, which could be a good thing. Uh, and then this is, you know, as we've discussed before, it's 100 odd pages, including what the story would have looked like uh, with all the adverts and everything else in there. So this is including 163, 162, and 161. Now, what did you want to talk about it, buddy? Oh, look, just that, and, and you've alluded to it there, this is much maligned, the Replica series. A lot of people um, have a go at it, and um, we may... I think you either love it or hate it, almost, eh? There's not, there's not many people that are sitting halfway in between. Oh, look, I, I wouldn't say that I love it. I certainly don't hate it. I wouldn't say that I love it. It's not it's not my favourite one that appears in, in any week, and, and I like reading a new story as much as anyone else. But I do really enjoy, still, obviously, reading the old ones. Um, I'm looking forward to when the replicas get back into Ray Moore territory because we're, we're seeing a lot of Wilson McCoy, and I know Ray Moore didn't do as many stories full stop, but um, I'm certainly looking forward to getting back into his territory. I just think that, um, and, and you've, you mentioned it earlier, one of the common criticisms of this, or might have Stephen mentioned it, one of the com common criticisms of the replica is that it's, um, they're still the um, edited stories and that sort of thing. Um, and someone, oh, it must have been on Facebook, I think, got into a conversation with has said that, um, you know, 
why would you want new fans who come to the Phantom to read these old stories and hope that they might be able to pick up on the character or fall in love with the character with these heavily edited and abridged stories? And I guess my point there would be that for most it's of us, we question. did... Hey? It's a fair question. Yeah, it is a fair question. I get My answer to that would be, for most of us, we did. For me, I did. I, these are the stories that I picked up, and, and I didn't know that they were edited or, or anything at the time, and I fell in love with The Phantom based on exactly these stories, exactly as they are. So um, I, don't think, I don't think that that's a massive problem. And I All think... right. That's, that's, that's a fair question. I'll just ask you, mm-hmm. but back then the unedited versions didn't exist. Mm. They weren't being published. They weren't around for people to publish the unedited versions. So so that's, you know, you can kind of... And this is, you know, just playing devil's advocate yeah, yeah. here. Is, you know, so I, I take your point, and that's, and that, that's a good answer, and I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I was a little bit different. I... You know, I fell in love with him in the 90s mm. uh, and started collecting in the 90s when Jim was producing the unedited stories. Mm. Um, so, you know, and like I said, you know, it's been since the 90s that we've had majority of these stories in unedited format as much as you can. Um, so, yeah, that that's what I would reply to mm. your comeback. Mm. No, look, we just, um, I think if, if Fru were to say, um, pick, pick the second story, The Devil Road, um, you know, it is a bit incongruous that we get 163, then 162, 161. So to read the story, The Devil Road, properly, you've actually got to go to the back of the book, read issue 161, then come to the middle and read 162. So that's a bit, that's a bit, um, odd, um, and it is a bit quirky. Um, but if, if Fru were to, re, to release, say, with issue 1803 or, or, or 1797, say, if, uh, 1796, if they had released The Devil Road as a full unedited version, I think you'd have a lot of people going, oh, just The Devil Road, oh, we've seen, seen this so many times, blah, 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 blah. So at least this is a way of getting those stories out there in a way that while, you know, modern fans like like you know, you represent, will often go, oh, just the replicas, who cares? At least the story is getting out there and, uh, and is available for people to see. And I think, um, I, I probably alluded to it before, I may even be repeating myself already, but um, we do forget that there are new fans who who haven't read all of these stories and, and I think some collectors and, and long-time collectors who have got a lot of comic books maybe get a bit ahead of themselves and go and, and forget that there are people who are reading these things for the first time. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's that's a very good point. But I guess the question still is, um, you know, why produce edited versions for those new... Um, and I wonder what we talked about before, um, and we'll have to get Stephen's response to this. We've kind of left it out a bit. Sorry about that, buddy. Um, with When we talked about the wedding special, when we've got the themes, is, um, you know is whether the, the theme-style stories would be a better format for getting some of these great Lee Fork stories. So, so instead like, of... Instance, yeah, instead of counting down the issues, you can have, um, you know, like... Like, you know, an obvious one is the next issue, 
1795 where you've got the female gangs. You know, so you could have, like, you know, unedited versions of the female gangs or you could have, you know, the wedding of the phantom or you can have, um, you know, stories about the jungle patrol or, you know, stuff like that. So you're still getting your Lee Fork fix. And, you you know, you, you, you're right in saying that we need Lee Fork stories. You know, Lee Fork stories is the staple. It's the... Don't want to use terms because the term might sound not right, but uh, it's the bread and butter. It is. No, I wasn't going to use that one, but it's you know it's the bread and butter. It's the it's the, the the bedrock of the Phantom. It's you know where it all came from was Lee Fork stories, and so you know we we need to get these stories. I just think that you know they're you know like a theme one could be a better um, avenue, I guess for. Um, for the focus or and all for the people that are coming in late. Mm. Yeah, it's look, it's it's we've probably had this conversation thirteen times already, mm-hmm. and and we'll have it another t- thirteen or fifteen times, <laughs> however many it takes to get the the replicas, oh, it's replica series done. But uh, mm. look, it's um, I, I think they're on a path now, and 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 it's going to be very hard to get off it in terms of um, producing this replica series. It obviously sells well enough. It's cost effective for them, so that they're getting a bit more cash flow out of it. So I don't think it's going to stop. I really do appreciate, and whether we said it enough um, to do with the wedding special, the wedding anniversary special, the Barry Stubblefield work that goes into the the editorials for these, um, that mm. eight page spread or whatever it was in the wedding anniversary special was so informative and is just a, a lifetime of knowledge um, that he's applied to that, that romance and um, to be getting some really dedicated information um, about these stories, um, really, really detailed, really, really thorough. Um, and if you're a fandom historian, which he obviously is, but the rest of us are probably just budding historians or, or have a, an interest in it, um, it's just a wealth of knowledge that it's fantastic to tap into. And I'm so glad that Fru are getting him to do the editorials for these ones. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, definitely agree with that. Um, so what? So another question for you. You kind of raised it before. Do you think it would have been better if they had gone 163, 161, and then 162? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like, they're going backwards in... That's a different debate in itself, why they're even going backwards. Um, so they're going backwards in series from 200. Um, yes, we're counting down. I get the, I get the premise. Uh, then to be counting down inside each episode, why not have it just 161, 162, 163, and then the next issue, uh, next one of these can be... 58, 59, 60 in the order because at least that makes mm. some sense. Um, yeah, I probably would do that. Um, you're counting down as it is, replica issue by replica issue. Do you need to count down within them as well and then make people flick around trying to follow the story? Probably not. So mm. um, it, it's an awkward premise. And, uh, yeah, I think if they were going to start it again, and I know the current crew crew didn't start it, but if they were going to start it again, They'd probably do it differently, knowing what they know now. But uh, again, the the path is set, and how far can you deviate from it? Mm. So, Steve. Um, so, what about you? What Sorry, about Steve. You, the replica series. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, well, do you think on, it would have been better if it was with the replica series? Um, 
Do you think it would be better if they had gone... Because, like, 162 and 161 are part one and part two of the Death of Story. Do you think it would have been better if they had gone in the order, 163, 161, and then 162, so you could read the Devil story in order, or do you think it's you've got to kind of keep it in number order or um, counting down? They've started something, so they've got to see it through, so keep it the way that they've been doing, um, even though we don't like it. What do you think about... Because um, I'm sure we've all seen it a bit now. Um, they start to appear on eBay or whatever, Gumtree, as oh, that, people pretending oh, they're originals. Oh, that is low. I was going to say something else there, but you need to really beat that. Anyone <laughs> who is ripping off um, these replicas and putting them up on eBay and asking people to pay for it, or Gumtree or whatever else they're doing, that you... I hope you're not listening to the... Or I hope you are. And then just <laughs> the next... Because... Fair to say you, they're probably the, not... <laughs> You are the pirate that, um, or the type of pirates that um, the Phantom would scale mark. You are scum. Mm. So for those who are listening and uh, are not sure, um, we've been talking to a couple of Phantom fans who have got issues back in there, and we will do a pod, we will do an article and stick it on the web, so you know the, the information is out there. But the best, the best solution or the best. Uh, um, trick to identify whether they're real or not is that staples weren't used until what was it the eighteen the eight hundreds or something like that. Mm. So um, these all use staples. So if you see a one sixty three or a one seventy and it's got staples in it, um, stay away. Mm. That's that's your best tip. Uh, anything that is purportedly from the nineteen sixties and yet looks brand new there's a reason it's, it's too good to be true because it is yeah like like you're right but you know there, 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 there are comics out there from there that have been preserved quite well um but so you know that that's a good tip mm. but i think the the best tip is probably the staples mm. yep. yeah i did see someone that said something about the staples yeah. mm. So, all right, guys, so moving on to 1795, we're going to get into some more filming love. Um, so, now this is 1795, which is, so it is a whole bunch of stories that have been re-imaged by modern-day artists, in a sense. So, um... Did any other artists do it, or was it only filming? Just filming, wasn't it? Um, for Egmont, yes. For Egmont, Filming did it. Um, but there's been other stories that have been um, re-imaged or, you know, like Building Nate did a whole bunch for Gold Key and King. Um, and then, yeah, and then so... Um, uh, so I think, I think the message of the publisher actually mentions a whole bunch of them. So, because um, there's a couple of building stories at the end as well. Um, yeah. The treasure of the of the Skull Cave, which was a Cybari um, story. I think it was one of his first stories he ever did. So this is a recreation of a um, fork story. Um, and then the Intruders, 
which is um, not done by Bill and Matt. This is done by, I think it's Pat Bayer or something, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, I can't think of who that story is, but that was, um, uh, that was done, this was also done by uh, Lee Fork. So, so the stories at the end um, were done by American artists, for the King, Gold Key, and Charlton, mm-hmm. but the ones towards the beginning were um, were done by Felmo. So I'm not sure if that actually answers your question or not. <laughs> no, yes, it does. It's gone round and round, but yes. Yeah. Um, so we. So what did you guys think about this collection? I I've just realised I didn't finish reading it. <laughs> I um. Well, I would have been reading it by my... All the, all the girls? Do you get stuck at the girls? <laughs> no, well, on that, um, I've been reading these while I've been... Um, well, one of my boys has been doing his Saturday morning sports, and I'm sitting up there in the little waiting room. And then um, I realised what I had on the cover of this of this comic, and I thought, oh, my goodness. Um, it's I put the cover a bit more deep into my lap so uh, you know he's got these <laughs> boobs and stuff flashing around everywhere and then anyone who's looking at my um, shoulder and seeing what's there mm. um, and, and I'm only self-conscious of it because there was a lot of little kids and a lot of mothers um, otherwise I wouldn't have thought of it thought of Just it but, um, reading The Little Mermaid <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that would work <laughs> but um, having said that I did the same thing with the um the wedding special, like reading it in the same sort of place. Yeah. And um, I was holding that one up nice and proud so everyone could see. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I buy this comic? Mm. Uh, look, I, I, I know I'm not really letting you finish there, Steve, but um, the, I, I don't mind it. Um, I, I appreciate that these all four stories have, have taken a leaf or strip and then gone, well, what if this was written for a comic book not a newspaper strip, so that we've got a little bit more... Um, we can play around with the panel size and the shape of the story on the page and that sort of thing. So I like that idea. What it probably does, though, reading things like this, and as much as I love the the artwork of Fel Mang, um, as I've said of in the and earlier tonight, I'm not, as, not such a fan of the other two artists. Um, it probably makes me realise I'm not just a forkist, but I'm also a bit of a... McCoyest or a barriest um, as well, because and maybe it's just because that's the the way that you read the story the first time. That's the way you feel like it should be. Um, yeah, so the, the, I still enjoy the story. It's, it's interesting again to pick up the variations between um, in terms of the way that they've reimagined it slightly at different times. Um, you know, or maybe it's just remembering the story in a slightly different way. But um, mm. it's nice, but it's it's still not. I must, I must say, though, that these two stories that are done by filming in this one, um, Queen Terra the Perfect and Mermaids of Merlot Straits, the art was originally done by Ray Moore just before he gave it up, and it was not his best stuff. So I must say that I actually prefer um, the, what do you call it? I actually prefer the... Filming the filming art compared to the originals and the, in these two versions. Speaking and of, I might just add, I didn't stop reading it just because, you know, there was 
half naked girls around. I, I stopped reading it because, well, Tom had finished what he was doing and had to head up north to my um, dad's 60th, and I just didn't get a chance to get back to it. But now that I've picked it up again, I thought, oh, I should get back to that. Mm. <laughs> um, just a just an interesting little thing as I flick through it. Um, go to page 26. 26? Yeah. See if you notice anything very familiar similar. in the bottom panel. Yeah, very similar um, drawings. Ah. Similar? Just flip it around and give us some clothes. So for those... That's not great podcasting. Um, for those listening and, and don't have their <laughs> issue, um, the, the very bottom panel on page 26 is the front cover of um, the wedding special, 1798. Um, it, it is exactly the same pose. The hands are all in the same places. It's the same kiss. It's the same lean in. Um, but as as Jim, um, Stephen just said, you've just yeah. got to mirror it and um, put a pair of jeans on Diana, and um, there it is. Yeah. So that just... So just to echo, that is um, the cover was actually done for a story. So it probably was, you know, um, repurposed. Oh, I'm not not being critical. I'm just, uh, it was an interesting thing to notice. Yeah, very good eyes, right? And then you got Duran having a bit of a chuckle. Yep. Um, (laughs) I'm glad that they cropped him out of the wedding special. That would have looked a bit awkward. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, especially as uh, as, um, as Stephen was um, reading uh, reading it in front of all the, all the mums and little kids. Anyway. So, yeah. So, did you use lightly? I suppose two questions. First one, um, Dan, especially as the focused of you know of the three of us, did you? Did this scratch the itch of getting fork stories? Uh, look, it comes at a good time in the sense that we seem to be getting a number of fork stories, and I'm looking at this right now through the prism of having just read this the excellent wedding special, and then obviously we've had the collector's one immediately after it. So 1795, 1796, 1798, suddenly we're getting a whole smashing of fork stories. You know, um, So in that prism, yeah, I feel like there's enough fork at the moment. Um, did this scratch the itch at the time? Uh, look, part of it's fork, part of it's the art. Um, so yes and no, I guess, is the answer to that. Um, it, it's interesting to to read um, the way that these have been repurposed. It doesn't... Um, oh, I'd be interested to ask you, does this, does this grate for you? Because it's not the first time we've seen these in Fruz. So it, it, does it, is that, you know, you're going, oh, it's just another bloody reprint. Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess yes and no. Like, like, like what we talked about before is I think themes is the way to go with with um folk stories with reprints, yeah. With reprints because it it you know it rather than just random stories, I like the idea of you know, and especially like for instance, this is a hundred pages mm. now. You know, it's it's kind of good to, you know, get... And, you know, we all admit, even, you know, we all love a lot of the folk stories. Um, so, you know, it, it is good to reread them. Um, you know, this is when folk, in my opinion, was at, the, was at his height. Mm. You know, in the late 90s and early 2000s, it's, there's some great art. Um, and that's not oh, just because... Me. Yeah, and that's not just because the girls are half naked, but it is actually very nice art. Um, 
But yeah, it's yeah, it's um, I don't know, I don't know if that doesn't really answer your question, but I think it's I think it is good. Yeah, well, they've thrown in some stories that have been in through, like the the Charlton and yeah. the old key stories. They they they've never been seen in throughs before. And and I do agree, it's good to see to see those because as someone who's not collected those, I don't have those. You know, and I guess that's putting myself in the boat of I'm not the collector who has everything and and has seen everything before. So it's great to to finally be able to get a copy of these at um, at newsagent prices, not at inflated collectors' prices. Yeah, that's true. Um, what did you think of the cover? Yeah, it doesn't really do much. Like I prefer the back cover. I think it's partly because the, you know, there's the two different stories. So they, it's mostly yeah. a mermaid's store, um, cover, and then oh, that's right, Queen Pyrrha. So we'll put her in her throne, sitting up on the rocks. You know, it's clearly, well, if it was a photo, you'd say it's been photoshopped. It's clearly doesn't belong there. It's not part of the same mm. story. Um, now, have you noticed that the bottom of the P appears on Queen Pyrrha? Sorry, or just. Look, just above her arm and just below her boob, there's a little red little uh, uh, little uh, little Yeah, it does too. Like, I don't think this is going to win cover of the year. No. No, no. Um, now, that back cover has been used before. That was actually done by Fermain or Ferry, I believe it was. And if you look, there's different versions of this cover. If you look in... The front, the message from the publisher, there's yeah. that one. Yeah. And then Felmane, what was it, Felmane or Fairy, did another version of this for the Christmas album 2012, I believe it was, um, which is probably my favourite of the of the different alternatives. Um, I think you're right. It, it won't win cover of the year. Um, and to be honest, I don't think it needed Queen Pera to be sitting on the rocks on a throne, I think it could have quite easily been done without her. You needed something to fill that space, but uh, whether that image was the best choice up there. Yeah. True. Stephen, anything you want to add? No, I think we've done it to death. The um, prices are... If you think about the prices, so let's just go with the prices you got. Seventeen ninety five is ten bucks. Seventeen ninety six oh. is nine fifty. Then you got seventeen ninety seven is the normal one. Then you got seventeen ninety eight, which is fourteen fifty. Mm. So, um, Stephen, as someone who's probably the only subscriber out of the three of us, how does non subscriber non subscriber yeah non subscriber sorry, and actually buying the comics at um, a news agent, how how does that affect you? Um. I'm saving up to make sure I can buy a subscription so I don't have to mm. and put and up with that. It's worth noting that chronologically the one before this and we're about to talk about was Phantom's World, which was another $10. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. that's that's four, yeah, four out of five Phantom comics. In The last five Phantom comics have been $10 or more. Mm. Yeah, it's getting a bit pricey. And... You're getting your buck, you know, you're getting your bang for buck, like, you know, you've got 100 pages, 100 pages, 100 pages, 180 pages. Mm. It's, so, it's not like, you know, you're paying $10 for a 36-page issue like you would if you 
buying American comics, mm. it's you know you're still getting your hundred pages. Oh, you're still getting very good value like. for money. That's right. Mm. It's, it's just that it has been there are people it? out. Yeah, mm. it's just something that I just thought of, and you know there are people out there that are on limited funds, whether they're retirees or, or, or whatever. It's something that um, when I picked up the the wedding special. Um, just the other day, and I picked up the news agents near work. Um, she actually flicked through it as I, you know, I was putting my card back in my wallet, and um, she asked if there was any advertisements in it. I said, Not usually. Oh, that's mm. good because you see, in other ones have got advertisements, and um, you know, with DC and Marvel, so you're paying, you know, eight, at least, you know, seven, eight, nine, depending on where you're getting your, your Marvel or DC from, and half the things bloody ads or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas Paying, well, usually it's three dollars fifty, but even with the um, wedding special at fourteen fifty, hundred eighty pages of full fandom related, mm. either comic or there was an es- you know the essays or the it's usually or the, just the yeah. inside back cover, and that's often a free ad. So yeah, and, and then yeah. and yeah, that's what I nearly said to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, ads or mainly just advertising the next comic or advertising subscription, but nothing else. Mm. It is it is worth noting. I've just gone back to have a look at the the run. The previous 15 comics, um, the on, only two of those were more than your standard $3.50, and they were both those um, the Replica series. So it, it, yeah, they, so see, they have right. clumped, but it probably does, you know, I'm sure it does average out properly because yeah. otherwise they'd be losing money on the subscription. Um, so, yeah, it, it's an unusual little clump and may be hitting people if, they, if they're just buying it this month sort of thing. But... Um, yeah, across the year, it's, it, it'll still be fine. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I think they All shouldn't right. be um, filling it up with ads either. I think the way that they do it at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. usually yeah. just advertising themselves or, um, yeah, maybe there's a special one like um, like uh, Sammy J or, you yeah. know, they're advertising the um, a watch or a skull something stuff, or something. Yeah, yeah that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Phantom stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen many uh, Brad. I haven't seen anything for Bradford Exchange recently. No, they've been yeah, quite. They must be due to, to bring some new stuff out. Hmm. All right, guys. So we're on to Phantoms World Two and Giant Size Two. Do you have any preference of which one you want to touch on first? No, because I haven't read either of them. <laughs> I couldn't find Phantoms World Two. I don't know where I've put it. Um, I may have read it, but I doubt it. And I definitely haven't. Had a chance to open up Giants, Giant Size, so I'll be I'll be no, sitting back, I'll be listening to the podcast at the moment. So <laughs> you guys go for it. I might have, oh, I've, I've, I've got it here. I might have a flick through it. I've just noticed the cricket scores though. I didn't realise we we had done so well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well Dan, let's do fans well too because sure. it, it covers on with uh, filming and we just did filming. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're having a filming kind of a year, aren't we? We are. Well, We're getting, getting a lot of filming. A little bit over A little bit, um, but if they want to go out and do um, the Triad series, which I know filming had something to do with as well, I think. So um, I'll be, I'll be, I, I wouldn't mind a bit more filming then. That's okay. Mm. I take your point. We are, we are getting a lot of him, and um, you know, variety is awesome. Yeah, that's why people whinge about always getting folk stories before. Correct. You know, yeah. They're good, but, you know, vary it up a little bit. Yeah. All right, guys. So let's, so Fans World 2, we've got a cover of By Filming again. 
Um, you can usually tell that by the nice leggy blonde. Um, so this is part two of the story of Sign Fuel. Um, so, and then we've got to, uh, what do you call it? Basically, starter classics yep. or starter stories. Um, so, Dan, what are, you, what are your thoughts, mate? Look, right off the bat, um, I've got a soft spot for Miss Mist as a character. Yeah. Um, you regular listeners may know, and, and I don't know if you guys remember, um, she's the... Um, <laughs> she's the character upon which I defeated Sammy J in our um, uh, fan of fan of the 90s contest because um, in 1988 I read the first story that she was involved in and then in 1991 the second one and Jim Shepard said in 91 no that she's never been in one before and I, fa- I remembered it and told him and got a free comic out of it and all that sort of stuff and um, adjudicated how could anyone how could anyone not remember that you've told us a few times it, it <laughs> Does seem to come First-time listeners, for those who came in late. Yeah. <laughs> Look, not everybody listens to every podcast, and we can't be so high and mighty as to presume that people have gone back and listened to them all. So you've got to tell these stories sometimes. Um, so anyway, the point is that I certainly have a soft spot for the character, um, and I, I quite like her as a character. I think it's a good story. Um, I think that I, I sort of pronounced it sinful in my head. Obviously, that's a... Um, the uh, the pun that they're going for. Um, it's quite a good story. I liked it. I liked the, the way it backed up off the, the story that was in Phantom's World 1. My biggest criticism... Now, I should focus on the positives. I think the art was really, really good. Um, she, he does do a, um, a gorgeous girl. Um, both um, Miss Mist and... Uh, was it Zaver? What's the, what's the bad girl's name? Yeah, the black-haired dude. Yeah, the brunette. Um, you know, both both um, really gorgeous. Um, Phantom's beating up on Nazis. That's always a good thing. Um, it's a it's it's a a fun plot. There's lots of action and there's um, you know some some dramatic escapes and all the rest of it. So um, I quite enjoyed it as a story. As I was sort of alluding to though, the criticism and, and the bit that I don't enjoy about it. Is and I've and I've said this a number of times, all the time. Um, I guess is the the way that Diana or the concept of Diana is treated in this. And he does say early on in the piece, um, you know, uh, Miss Mist, I should know her first name, um, is is coming on to him and trying to get a kiss and that sort of thing. And he says, no, I'm happily married, um, which is great. But then that's the last you sort of hear of Diana and or even any thought about her. That and he giving both girls a kiss and this sort of thing. And, you know, to me, that's that's not phantomy. That, that steps out... This is where it steps outside the canon and, and becomes just an interesting story and not something that you can consider as being, you know, fitting within what I understand to be real. Mm. It was interesting because the previous one you didn't like, but you don't mind this story. Cause, hmm. um, I think this one's probably saved the other one. Um, that the, the, this, yeah. the way this is finished has probably made the, the first part of it better. Mm. You haven't mentioned the kiss on the last panel either. That's exactly what I was referring to as well. Like, mm. there's, he's, you know, he, she's all hearts and he's all question marks, but he's still involved. So that's exactly... It's just not thing. necessary. It's not. and um, or, or it's a good moment for him to step back again and say, no, hang on, remember Diana, blah, blah, blah. So... Um, it's... The, 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 the biggest the biggest problem is, and 
you know, I'm, I'm like you, um, Miss Mist or Sarah, Sarah Carter. Thank you, yes. Um, is, she's, ne- she's not like this in all her other stories. No. Um, you know, like, yeah, in this, she, you know, kicks butt and stuff like that, like she has in the other stories, but she was always respectful of the Phantom and of Luaga and stuff like this. Mm. In this one, she's just, she's, she doesn't have that respectfulness. Mm. And in my opinion, it's kind of like Filming's just going for the shock value or the titular value mm. of having the Phantom kissing another, someone else who's not his wife. And, mm. It's just not needed, and what that last half a page, mm. you know, you don't even need those last two panels. It could, could have just ended with, you know, just saying, "Unfortunately, our adventure is over." You know, the end. Yep, yep. You don't need, you don't need that one. It doesn't add anything to the story. If anything, it takes away from the story. Um, you know, it's got, it's got, you know, good art. It's got the fan blowing up stuff. It's got. You know, females fighting, females kicking butt, um, Nazis, you know, it's got all of the elements that people like, but, you know, just dismissed, which she never gone by after she, um, she Stop found being a secret agent. Yeah. She's, you know, so it, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, I, I guess, you know, Phil Mann's not a writer. He's probably should just stick to his art. Um, but I just, yeah, I kind of thought that it kind of put a downer on the story. In mm. Yeah, it certainly left, it, it, it finished poorly in that regard. Look, I think that um, what I, if I can pick up a thread from, from everything we've discussed, from the wedding special through the, you know, looking back at the Mermaids of Milo Straits and, um, and now this... If anything, it's almost a bit of a, an advertisement for why we should move to a 20-second Phantom so that we can enjoy the prospect of a Phantom who's footloose and, and isn't tied to an engagement or, or a wedding and is, is, can flirt with the bad girl or, or can, you know... Or, yeah, have that, have that explored rather than the Phantom being sort of like a Tony Stark or something, but have that whole, you know, like we saw in the 30s and the 40s when, exactly. you know, yeah, so, yeah. So it, it, it's a bit of an option for us to to go, you know, for us now as modern readers to have a modern Phantom experience a modern love life instead of, uh, we've you know, for, for 40 years since the wedding, um no, he's got to, not prude's the wrong word, he's got to be loyal, he's got to be faithful, and, and part of that is certainly, you know, tied up in our moral values of of um, that loyalty loyalty and that faithfulness. But it would be fun to see um, a 20-second kit, you know, getting a, getting around and, and having a few different girlfriends and maybe picking a favourite and, and is she and won't she and all the rest of it, the same as Kit and Diana did back in the back in the day. And in the same way, maybe see a 20-second Phantom Heloise have similar experiences with a range of different guys. So, um, you know... I'm, I'm sure that would change when your daughters are at dating age, what? If they are the Phantom, then who am I to judge? You know, I'll, I'll be back in my box going, yeah... You can decide. <laughs> if if if, uh, if someone pulls tries to pull any moves on us, you'll just <laughs> skull mark them. So. <laughs> oh, 
Um, uh, Stephen, anything you want to add to the first story? Um, no. Okay, we'll move on to the second story. Now, did any of you guys realise or know that this second story was also done by Felmang? I just assume they're all done by Felmang. No, they're not all done by Felmang. Well, the giveaway was in the um, the, the credits under the, the title, where it says that it's done by Felmang. No, it's the first story <laughs> done by, and then it says, and two Italian classics. Yes, but on the... On page 43, where the second story starts, yeah. it says writer Fiantini and artist Felming. Mm. Um, but there's a huge difference in the art, isn't there? Oh, for sure, for sure. And, um, well, you, that's done in 1968. The, the other one's done 50 years later, so... Because mm. the third one's done by Ferry. Right. And Ferry and Felming are two different people, aren't they? Just to be yes, clear. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Felmang, you've he's I don't like he what he does is he's kind of had assistants or he used to have like an art school I'm not sure if he has the art school anymore and so what it was is the people that studied under him would do the pencils or part of the inking and stuff like that and that's how come you would see stuff like Felmang or Felmang and Benny or Felmang and Ferry and and stuff like that so he would share the duties with his students, but also with other people as well. Mm. And then that's how come sometimes you see, like, um, his artist name change a little bit because he would kind of merge two surnames together and stuff mm. like that. So yeah. what did you... So, Go on. So I was just going to say, what do you think about the second story? Yeah, look, I think... Part of the reason the art's so different is because there's no girls in it, and so he's not—he's uh, not got that temptation. Um, he's no, not look, distracted. I, no, exactly. Um, I thought it was a pretty good story, you know, good solid phantom story. Um, you know, we've got poachers who are stupid, and uh, the phantom tracks them down, and then tracks down more bad guys, and there's a bit of on ocean action as well. So um, you know, it ticks a lot of ticks a lot of boxes in terms of phantom tropes. Um, good. Good solid story. It's not. It's not a classic, but mm. uh, you know. Now, does the um, uh, the captain of the boat look familiar? Captain of the boat. Give me a page number to look at. Oh, page fifty-eight, fifty-nine, sixty, sixty-one. A classic Barry story. Oh, Dan Barry. No, it's got a classic Cyberry story. The Wharf Rats. Oh, okay, you reckon? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'd have to see the two of them next to each other. So, you know, I, I loved it. I liked it as well. It was, just a, it was a fun story. It was um, had some fun elements. and Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, so, yeah. I'm assuming you haven't read that one either, Steve? Um, we'll say no. Okay. I don't have the comic in front of me, so it's pretty hard to... Um, <laughs> yeah. Alright, so the third story, The Princess of Granite. Now, this one's done by Ferry. Um, now, this story, I must admit, it got me intrigued. I'm interested to, to read the third Phantom's World so I can read the end of this story. I liked it. Mm. Whereas it was probably it, my least favourite of the three. Okay. 
it it's got the typical phantom elements of Diana being in trouble, but it's it's kind of got a, a a fresh look at it, like you know, with the whole um, whatever you know, whatever has changed Diana and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see how that where this is going to go. Oh, look, this might be one of those ones where I didn't like the first part and then the second part saves it sort of thing. Um, it's certainly... It, it, I'm, I'm surprised that you like it, to be honest, because it's um, a bit more of the... It, it's very... It has that fork elements of um, a bit of witchcraft type stuff going on and a bit of, you know, magic and that sort of thing um, between the, what's gone on in the past and the generations. And obviously it's being done through the, the drugged drinks... Um, but those, I think, are some of the stories that I would have thought you didn't like as much. So anyway, I may, I may have pegged you wrong there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced at this stage. The idea of the Phantom, whether it's this generation or another one, becoming a tyrant and and you know whipping people and and that sort of stuff, I'm not sure that that sits well with me. Um, yeah. despite being drugged or whatever. And and I'm not entirely convinced necessarily about the idea of um, a part one here and a part two there. It, it, maybe that's a thing that they're going to do with the Phantom's World, but they come out, you know, three months apart. That's a long time to wait between um, parts. It is. It is. So, you know, maybe it would have been better to do part one and part two and then hold um, that purchase story for the next one or something like that. Yeah, um, look, it's, it, it's obviously something that's been done forever and a day in Phantoms is the idea of the serial yeah. story and, and got to wait for the next part. But, uh, you know, three months is a long time. But still, that's probably... It is a long time. <laughs> we'll probably see it before we see the next Hermes uh, JFK, so... <laughs> Ooh, ouch. That was a low blow. <laughs> but, yes, you're right there. Um, but, no, I, I like the last page, though, you know, the big double... The big yeah. full page and... Um, yeah, that is yeah. nice. There's, there's some nice stuff in there. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where it, where it goes. Where it goes there, that's right. Hmm. Um, I don't mind I don't mind the cover. <coughs> yeah, or no, the back, it, I, the back cover's nice and colourful, actually. Um, a lot of green and the, the contrast of the green and the red and the fires and, you know, nice, nice horse and all the rest of it. So, yeah, no, it's a nice, nice pick. No worries. All right. Um, so Stephen, you've got the giant size number two. You just haven't read it all yet. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay, so we'll read you'll be able to at least you at least be able to flick through it and pretend you've kind of know a little bit about it. Um, all right. So the next I'll one I see on their website, uh, giant size three is um, posted on their website. Hello, is it? Yeah, I was just looking there when you guys were talking. <laughs> Suddenly, Jermaine and I both go to phantomcomic.com. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, just recently done my um, subscription. I got the subscription for my birthday, so uh, that's coming you, up in a couple so of weeks. So did you get... So. Well, that's worth mentioning. Phantom's World 2, which we just talked about, was the first issue in the new subscription series. Is that the subscription you're I talking about? I brought that. Yeah, Sorry? I brought that from the news agent, so I'm not sure if my... Subscription is going to be starting with the second issue from the subscription, or whether they're going to give me a um, Fans World Part One again. Sure. So, so you didn't sure. get the, you haven't got the Universe card yet. No, I haven't. Right. Oh, um, I've got that. 
How did you get that? You're not a subscriber. Oh, I have ways and means. Okay, hey, my, well, my... that um, the cover for Phantom's uh, Giant Size 3 is, looks pretty intense. But B, anyway, finish your story. Uh, local comic shop. They had the universe card. They sure did. What did they charge you for that? <laughs> they tell me they charged you. <laughs> oh, you're a loyal customer, I, aren't you? I am a very loyal customer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with it. And that was actually the same day I got the um I got a free copy of the JFK one as well I think because yeah, sure. there was a bit of damage to the spine so uh, that was a really good day to go into that shop I tell you <laughs> wow okay mm. so um ah. and they're not even getting any free plugs or kickbacks or anything on the podcast so um you're doing very well yeah, well if you're in Ballarat go to uh, Heroes HQ <laughs> um, just behind Dan Murphy's there just beside Big W and uh. Yeah, they've got a, they've got a good collection of Phantom stuff. You'll you'll enjoy it. So do you like? We're going to make sure we timestamp this so that you can go in there and say, "Hey, you should listen to episode 84 <laughs> at about the one hour 16 mark," and you will hear. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's about two hours by now. Um, <laughs> all right, so moving on. So we'll talk about this. So Giant Size uh, Two, yes, which has got um, which has got the cover by Glenn Lumsden again. I'm he really must enjoying just about have covers. The, oh, I think he is he going to do all the covers for the? Well, he's certainly done the first three, so. Mm. I think it makes sense. Yeah, it, it's a bit of consistency. Oh, I've got no problem with it. He's he's doing a good job. Hmm. So, what's your take on the grey? On the grey phantom yeah. costume yeah. cover. I'm glad they're only doing it on the giant size, and it's not slipping onto the the regulars. Well, it's yeah. been well, one regular, the one that he did. Yeah. yeah. That's the point. Um, so in here we've got the Kidnap Princess, which is a um, a Fawkes and Ray Moore story, which is the Scarlet Sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Look, um, I, I, I'm really glad that they chose this story, and um, I've you know I've said before, but this was last published in 1990 by Fru. So unless you are actually a, a hardcore collector, you don't have a comic that was published 27 years ago. So um, this is going to be the first time they've read it for lots of new new readers. Yep. All right. So then we've also got number two of the Catman. from that. Sorry. He moved on quickly from that. No discussion of the story, or <laughs> oh, I'm just going through the stories and then we can discuss it. Then we've got <laughs> Sir Falcon one. Um, and then you have the shadow number two, and then you've got the little short story of um, the Phantom Ranger, which is done by Shane Foley. So, to keep everyone happy, we'll go to the Phantom story. So, your thoughts on the Phantom story? The print quality is good, at least that's consistent. Yeah. Nice. And and look, it's 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 a, one of those really good. Lee Fork stories, I think. It's, you know, it's a, in a jungle setting or the Misty Mountains as well, and um, it's just one of those classic. There's a, uh, a child gone missing, and there's a um, uh, someone who's been lost in the jungle and has turned themselves into a, a, a mystical leader of a tribe, and then the Phantom comes in and saves the day, sees through the sorcery and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I really like it. It's one of those sort of Lee Fork stories that I, um, that I fell in love with as a kid. 
Yeah, we've seen that a few times, haven't we? Mm. Um, then we've got the Catman story. So do you you read all these, don't you, Dan? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, Are you enjoying them? As someone, and I'm assuming you haven't read these or read much of these characters beforehand? No, not at all. Have you? Um, I've read the odd one, but I was not an avid reader or of them. Um, do you enjoy them? Oh, I thought this this one was better than the first one. Um, it, it's it's still not, you know. I wouldn't be going out to buy Catman comics if they suddenly appeared on the shelves separately. Um, yeah. So, uh, and likewise that's with a, Sir Falcon. That's a good question, yeah. I think Sir Falcon, you know, it was it's an interesting follow-up from the the Shane Foley produced little four pager or whatever it was in Giant Size One. Um, again, it, it, and most of my interest is where are the similarities between this character and the Phantom, mm. and, and there's often a number of of similarities. So it's interesting to see how they tried to um, to bring the two of them together. Once again, the Shadow was my favourite. Um, of these of the stories that appeared well outside the fandom obviously that appeared in that and the shadow might be one um if it started appearing i might be interested to to pick that up as a separate story um well that's interesting um i I find that interesting because i wonder if through are going to go down that path where they do release these as individuals or whether they're solely going to be the giant size um, yeah. In the sense that, you know, it, these these are all these are all, and we talked a fair bit about this in the um, uh, oh, uh, Kevin Patrick podcast. Mm. Um, so you know, he talked a little bit about it, how like Fru had the ownership rights for this stuff. So, like with the replica, it's not actually you know they don't have to pay for news stories, they don't have to pay for copyright or, or anything like that. You know, this you know they can. Put out a hundred-page story, charge ten bucks for it, and you know it will be probably a lot cheaper and easier than doing the um, Phantoms World or the um, you know the recreation Lee Fork stories. So I think well, it'll this be interesting has, to see yeah. what they do with this Planet Man story that um, is it Massimo Gimberi has been mm. uh, promoting and Chris Aquera has actually written. Um, we see that on Facebook. That's, an, I guess, an old Fru character as well. Um, what, whether that's all being done to be put into a giant size, um, in the same way that Shane Foley, who's not publicising himself on Facebook, so we don't know it's coming. Um, you know, he's had a new story in each of these giant sizes. Maybe that's what the Planet Man's going to be. Um, yeah. It, I believe yeah. it will be. Yeah, okay. So, look, I don't, I don't think that they... I'm not going to say don't think they should. I don't think that they would. I'm not sure that there's going to be the market for it. I don't think that they'd actually, mm. cheap as it might be, I don't think they'd see the sales to justify it. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Steve? Yeah, pretty much. Um, like, the giant size is a nice, safe way to get them out there, and if it so happens that um, there's a market for it, well, then they can transfer it that way. But um, I think that, yeah, they're keeping it safe by putting it in a giant size, and it's a good idea. Well, I think they're keeping it safe by putting a phantom story in it because oh, that's really keeping it safe. <laughs> that's, like, not not all phantom 
readers will be picking up, but I'll probably say 70 or 80% of the fans and readers will be. And then I reckon there would be um, some, a, a lot of people, especially like Glenn Fords and Kevin Patrick's um, vintage, will, will will enjoy it because they've got the other they've got the other characters in there. But then I reckon there will be people that maybe don't buy Phantom Comics but will buy this because the fact that it's got these Australian created stories and there's definitely there is a niche market in australia of people who like these australian comics and so i reckon you know some of them will be buying this because of the fact that free's bringing out all these old-time um classic characters it's interesting to see that both um the sir falcon in giant size one and now the phantom ranger in giant size two both of the the Shane Foley created new stories have both um, not just had the, the link of the Phantom um, tropes and that sort of thing that they've used, but actually have had the Phantom as a character in the stories. So they really they really are leaning on that um, on that mm. character to, to to introduce reintroduce these old ones. Yeah, and I like that. I like it. It's you know it's uh the I've, both of these stories I've enjoyed. I know you didn't enjoy the Sir Falcon one, um, but I I enjoy it because you know from a, just a pure comic point of view because you know they're nice fun, the short stories, the art's good in them. I think Shane's done a, a good job in both of them, um, and then I like it because it's got that little bit of a phantom element in there that kind of just you know just makes you question or makes you ask you know what's going on is is Shane Foley building up to something here, or are we going to get like a Defenders of the Earth style with all of these type of characters? It's, you know, it, it just, I like it because it just makes you think you're unsure what's going on and, um, you know, what what's Shane got planned for the next one or will we see him something in the next one? I just, that's what I like about it. So we're having a look at um, the website and, having, and seeing the cover of Phantom... Uh, sorry, of Giant Size Phantom number three. Um, there is a new character called the... It's just the GIF has flicked past. The Crimson Comet um, is coming into the new one. Um, I wonder if that's going to be drawn... That That's going to be the new story. Um, the Stolen Chronicle, seem, as it flicks past there, seems to be the new story. So, anyway, like you say, it's interesting to see if these are all going to be tied together. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, um, haven't really, I haven't gone to the. Uh, I'm just going onto the website now to have a squeeze. Mm. So, I'd be interested to see or, or to hear um, what the sales like are like of Giant Size. Whether they are, you know, you're saying seventy to eighty percent of Phantom readers are probably picking it up. Um, whether that is really the case or. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, all anyway, right, guys. So, anyway. So what we'll do is we will quickly go through the... Um, did you want to do Gaslight first and then do Heart of Darkness? The three Heart of Darkness bits, yeah. Yeah, now, so... All right, so let's fly through these because uh, I think I can hear Stephen snoring in the background. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, if you've read a few comics that might help. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I find it interesting reading. It's just the time's getting... I'm, I'm in the future compared to you blokes. It's uh, getting late. <laughs> All right, so... All right. So we've got Gaslight. Gaslight Chapter 3. Have you read this one, Steve? So we've got to go back to issue 1794 to find this one. Um, yeah. Have no, I realised when I picked it up that I hadn't read it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was busy reading the 22nd Phantom and yeah. everything else that was going on. I probably had a study. Was, I probably had an assignment to do something. Yeah. Mm. So what about you, Dan? Uh, I'm enjoying these, and, and you... As, as the forecast and someone who likes it to fit inside the canon, yes, it fits inside the canon, but obviously it fits well and truly inside a different canon, um, that of, you know, Chris Aquera's world, um, of the, um, what, what's the term for it? The England of that period of time. Um, the Phantom, it's more the Phantom's been inserted into that world rather than all these characters have been inserted into the Phantom's world. Um, so I'm finding that interesting. I've, I always enjoyed reading stories about the Invisible Man and, um, in this case, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, they're, they're, they're fun stories to read and to see the Phantom suddenly getting about talking to those characters or both Phantoms, I should say, um, Julie and Kit. Um, it's a bit of fun. Yeah, it's, um, the thing that I've liked about it is the dynamic between Kit and um, Julie. Yeah. Um, I must admit, this probably wasn't my... I probably still prefer the first part as my favourite out of the three. Um, I do love the, you know, the last page, big full-page spread. Yeah. I do like that. Um, but, yeah, my favourite's probably still the first part. Um, I just thought... I just thought this bit, I don't know. There's still a lot of loose threads that, um, you know, that has me asking still a lot of questions, but I guess that's probably the purpose. Yeah, well, we're at part three now of what is 16 parts, so, you know, still and again, I think it's, it's, sorry? Still early days. It is, and I think, again, it's, and I'm, and I'm going to, say this about Heart of Darkness in a moment, it's going to be one of those stories that I'm probably going to enjoy reading a whole yes. lot more when I see it when in a I, trade paperback. Yes. yes. Yeah. Which still has me questioning why, because we knew, and, you know, we can get into Heart of Darkness, we knew that there was going to, there was going to be this issue with Gaslight because we've got the issue with Heart of Darkness. So I find it weird that, you know, they kind of compounded the issue that we already knew they had by releasing both of them. Um, the problem is Heart so, of Darkness is just so many parts. Wasn't 49 parts or something in total? Uh, yeah, um, I can't remember. It's about 350 pages. Or pages. Like. And they're releasing them in eight-page segments. So it's, it, you know, take it's going to take a long, long time. Again, it's one of those things that they had started um, at Fru before the Fru crew got there. Um, so they're compelled to keep going with it, and I think it'd be really interesting to 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 find out from Glenn or Renee or Dudley what is the plan. Whether are they going to persist with this? Are they on that path, or it, or is this such a an undertaking? You know, it's going to take years and years and years before they can do it and then get to a trade paperback, or do they just bite the bullet and go, you know what, we did it for a while? And there's a lot of excitement about Gaslight, um, and they want to get that in, so. That's why they've they've thrown it in and they've compounded, like you say, the heart of darkness problem. Um, 
maybe I'd, I'd like to see personally them pull the trigger and go, you know what, we put Heart of Darkness in for a while, we realised that was a bit of an error in terms of it's just going to take too long to get it done. Let's let's pull the pin on that now, put the trade paper back out, um, and then focus on our own created stories for these eight-page fillers that we need every second or third issue. Yeah, I don't know if it was an error, but um, I take your point, and I probably do tend to agree. I've been enjoying Heart of Darkness, but it it is hard to read the parts so far apart from each other. And like we've said before, this was originally these were originally released every single issue for mm. over a period of two, three years where we don't get that here. And I think that's the problem is that, you know, is there is such a long break between drinks. And I must admit, I tend to fall in love and then out of love with Heart of Darkness, but also Gaslight because of that problem. And, I'm probably one of the few people that, um, you know, that have been, you know, you know, that are a fan of these parts in stories. You don't so. think many people like them? Um, no, I, I, I think, I think people, I, th- I don't think people do enjoy them because I don't think, I think a lot of Australian readers, and I think this might be different, in Australia than what it is elsewhere, I think a lot of Australians like to get the whole story at once and they don't like the parts spread over over time. Stephen, you know, as an Australian, do you, where, where do you stand on that? Um, I don't mind them being spread over time. I'm just being consistent, like, you know, every one or two issues rather than, um, you know, have, have one half darkness, one... Um, gaslight or something like that. I'll probably gaslight's not not quite up there with all the art and stories or whatever. But um, yeah, maybe have that quarter or quarters maybe even long. But you know, have it on, have it on a regular basis. Um, predictable basis. A predictable basis would be nice. It seems yeah. a little bit haphazard. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. I, I'm I'm I, I'm not adverse to the parts coming out. It's just the haphazard nature of them, and you get two in consecutive issues then you've got to wait six for another one and um uh, you know they're so yeah. they're so far and few between that's that would if, if they were published in the same way that they had been published originally every issue then i'd be able to start um following it as a story better at the moment i just don't follow it as mm. a story well every time through in the past and this is through jim shepherd and even with um you know, like Stephen Shepard and stuff like that. Every time they've produced like a, a like a three-parter or a four-part story over, say, ten issues, there's always been people that have written in. And I know it's just the minority that that write in, and then the minority that get their stuff published. But there's always been people that have published uh, that have written letters and saying, you know, please don't do that. Please wait for the whole story. And we see it on Facebook and stuff as well. So yeah, I that's just, probably kind of what. Yeah. Stephen and I are saying as yeah. well, um, you know, every issue would be good, but um, I, I don't necessarily need to see it as a trade paperback. If it was being, if 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 say it's forty nine um, episodes in Heart of Darkness, if that was released in forty nine consecutive Phantom comics, that'd be fine. Mm. Um, yeah. But the way they the way they're doing it, I'd I'd rather see it as a as a trade paperback. 
No worries. So is there anything else you want to add to Gaslight before we move on to Heart of Darkness? No. No. No, I'm good. Alrighty-o. So we have in issue 1792, now this may get a little bit confusing, so bear with us, people. Issue 1792, we have Heart of Darkness, Chapter 3, Part 5. And then in 1793, we have Heart of Darkness, Chapter 3, Part 6. And then in, where is it? Uh, 1797, we have Heart of Darkness, Chapter 4, Episode 1, or Part 1. So, did you want to do this as an overarching, or do you want to do one part at a time? Might have to be overarching. It's a long way to think back. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and to be honest, I can't find 1792 in my Phantom Room, so I don't have that one. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I can remember things about boats exploding and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember, like, I can't remember, like, um, plot points and things like that, but I, I do remember that I'm enjoying the story. Mm. And there's and it's action field and, and things like that. There's there's things happening, the fans involved. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of say, action. When I say things happening, there's a lot of action. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. It's not just, you know, boring. So, I don't mean to laugh. That, that's a fantastic summary of any fandom story. There's things happening <laughs> and the fandom's involved. <laughs> well, it's better though. Perhaps where nothing's happening and, and the fandom's involved and nothing happening. <laughs> Like, I, I think we can get yeah. in the Christmas I, special when we've got the, st- the stamps coming through. I said, oh, that was a boring story. I have to read it again just to make sure. But, um, I, I agree with you that for, you know, six, eight pages, there is a lot happening in every single part. Yeah. Um, which which well, is I guess, good. I guess um, the chapter, the most recent one, 14, uh, 16, where are we? 17, 97. Um, because again, it's part one of a chapter. Um, it probably slows right down again. We see we've seen in um, oh, that's five and sub chapter. Yeah, that, you get exactly that. right. Yeah. I, I get that. You've got to you've got to do some plot exposition of the new chapter. I um, I guess my point would be that um, parts the, the ones that appeared in seventeen ninety two and seventeen ninety three, lots of action, really exciting, uh, boats exploding and, and heads getting knocked together, like you said. That was great. Um, there's even a little bit of action at the end of this one that's appeared in 1797, and I really love the artwork. I think Boyce does a, a fantastic job of the artwork. Oh, it's tremendous. I, I, I'm not a massive fan of the stories that involve um, the, this magic idea of the ring, and I think that's where we're starting to go now. Um, the the skull ring is made out of some mystical metal that doesn't get hot or whatever. Um, Did you like the movie? Now, is it, is it yeah, exactly like from... the movie, and I didn't like that part of the movie either. So, yeah. Is it the phantom ring that he's been wearing the whole time, or is it another yeah. ring? That's that what I thought it be. was. Yeah. There's no... What other no, skull no. rings are going to be in a phantom comic? Yeah, but, it, but surely he would have... Um, surely he would have put his hand in fire before. There's been 20 phantoms before. Um, surely one of them would have, you know, been cooking a snagger on the barbie or, <laughs> or, or, or a fish on a stick, you know, on the side of the river when he's, you know, um, being kicked out of the skull cave by his uh, wife or something like that. Surely there's been a time when he's 
put his hand near the fire 20 phantoms ago um, and would have experienced it, you know, exploding in his face. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, I mean, it's it's a, a magic element that I'm not... And, the, and this whole Heart of Darkness thing is, is around there. I mean, I, I can't even remember now how it's involved, but the fact that there was um, mummies coming to life and ancient Egyptians, they were certainly involved in the first chapter of this we're into chapter four haven't seen them for a little while i'm sure they'll come back but um so we've got ancient egyptians and mummies and returned egyptians and and now we've got a magic ring that gets hot or doesn't get hot or whatever so i, I get a you know i i would I'd, i will still read it when it comes out as a trade paperback and i'll probably follow it better i have a feeling i'm still not going to particularly enjoy it i didn't i didn't really like the was it circle of life was the prelude story to all of this or Oh, the fire of life. Fire of life was the was the the prelude, and I didn't particularly like that one either. So I'm not. This is this is a side of Ramethi's creative brain that I'm not, you know, genius that you're not really enjoying. No, not particularly. <laughs> no worries. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I think I'm no. all good. Oh, actually, all I was right. just thinking, and I, and I it probably came about because I was. Went onto the um, to free website for a little bit, and especially talking about giant size and these different comics. We are you getting some Mandrake in? That's been a question that a couple that a couple of people in the letters have asked, and mm, I, I don't like think they um, I don't think they have the ownership rights for it. Which is. I believe that's the case. Yeah, look, I I think it'd be fantastic if they did. I'd I'd like to see a bit of Mandrake, but I I think you might be right. I think there could be um, copyright issues there. But uh, there's no one in the world producing Mandrakes at the moment. Surely it would be in everyone's best interest, whoever owns the copyright or the original artwork of that at the moment. You know. I to, think what uh, it means. It's not is okay. that, I think what it is is that free will have to take out another. Uh, license, which means they're going to pay more money to be able to get the license. So, you know, we've talked before yeah. about it, so I yeah. think that's what is the issue. Well, would you would you guys get a standalone Mandrake comic if it was if it suddenly appeared on the shelf next to Phantom? No Phantom on the cover, no sneaky Phantom story, no sneaky Phantom reference, just a, a flat Mandrake comic that suddenly appeared on the shelves, published by Free. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I probably will. I, I probably would if it suddenly. I, I don't know if I'd go out, rush out and get the subscription, but I'd pick up the first one just to see what it looked like. Um, well, I had a whole bunch of Fru's. Um, I had a whole bunch of the Fru Mandrakes. Uh, I had a whole bunch of Mandrakes from other, um, you know, countries like India and stuff like that. Um, you know, that I picked up with. Phantom comics and stuff like that, and you know, I've never read them. I've passed them on to other people and stuff like that because you know they just mm. don't, they just don't hold any interest to me. Mm. And I'm, you know, and I think you're probably right. I think probably half probably would, but I reckon half probably wouldn't. And then, how many of those who do pick it up the first time bother with the second issue? Mm. And you got to remember, they did do it. Back in the nineties. Now I know this is the nine. That was the nineties, and you know we're talking about twenty years mm. difference and stuff. But it didn't but, work back then. 
Yeah, and Mandrake is even older. So if it if it didn't work back then, all of the people who might have bought it then, you know, how many of them are still buying comics now? And there's no new Mandrake stories in the paper in the newspapers. No. Yeah, that's for sure. So, hmm. um, so I, I think if 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 Free didn't have to pay for another license, I reckon we might. But I reckon if Free if Free have to pay another license, I reckon that's the reason why we've not yeah. seen it. Fair enough too. Alrighty, guys. So, um, so we'll just quickly wrap up. So, as per normal, you have Chroniclechamber.com. You have our Reddit message board, which is reddit.com slash r slash phantomfans. You have our email, which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. You have our social media links like Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram. And then, of course, um, you have our Patreon, which, uh, as we discussed at the start, if you remember back then, um, we have the P3 or the Phantom Preservation Project reward, which is um, at a certain level of Patreon users. Uh, a big thank you to uh, the people that have recently signed up for Patreon. We really appreciate it. Um, it was um, it was it was quite dicey trying to trying to match up everyone's um, schedules and time restraints. So I'm kind of glad at least the time restraints has got been gone. Um, we have a lot of cool uh, fandom podcasts coming up. Um, so as per normal, we'll go through them and beep over it just to frustrate you, especially you, Callum. I know that really frustrates you. Uh, shout out to Callum. Um, so some of the ones that we're looking at is, are you, are you rubbing your hands in anticipation? Is that what I heard back there? <laughs> it's it's funny how it goes with these things because last month, and we made a big deal about it at the time and had to have a short one because we were still under time restraints or whatever, but we had a huge month going through October and November. I feel like we've been really quiet probably the last three weeks, both the podcasting and on the website, and that has a lot to do with the fact that Stephen and I are both teachers, and this is a really hairy time of the year to be a teacher, um, and that's about to open up, and, and we all know that, and, and thank goodness, and, and really looking forward to that. Um, but I feel like because of that and all the rest of it and what's coming up, we're about to have a really exciting time both on the website and on the uh, on the podcast front as well with some really exciting things coming up. Mm. So some of the guests that we do have lined up, we have uh, finally um, uh, managed to get one of the f- on board, so we should be having a podcast with them soon. Uh, a couple of nice asked tonight are suddenly are, are yep. going to be answered, we hope. Yep, uh, uh, which Stephen's still having um, uh, drool marks. <laughs> that one. We'll bleep over pretty much all of that, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also one that I'm looking forward to is uh, which will be nice and fun. Um, he's a great That's, person to talk to. I'm really looking forward to that because I've heard, you know, I've heard so many good stories about him. And, um, you know, so many appearances that he's made in various formats. Um, anyone who I've known of who has spoken to him has, has, just, has just raved. Um, I think that's going to be really eye-opening and for me, certainly, and uh, hopefully for a lot of the listeners. Yep, and then I'm sure you know, we've got a couple of others planned as well. Uh, we, we've had a lot of people saying that they enjoy hearing... 
uh, interviews with all of the Egmont and um, people from outside of the Australian fandom universe. So we're always continually trying to get some of those as well. Um, so make sure you don't miss out on those. The best way of doing that is to subscribe via iTunes or via your Android um, uh, app, choice of app. So um, until next time, uh, my name is Jermaine. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Uh, Dan and Stephen, uh, thank you for joining us, and um, happy fandoming. Happy fandoming, Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The man come. The ghost who walks. The man come. Enemies beware, the phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds you.